welcome to the farm. Today we're talking, you've married the farmer, now what? And we are in Walker, New South Wales with AJ. Thanks, AJ. Yes, okay, Katja. It's good to be here. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, your family and your farming operation? Right, it's hard to know where to start. We've, um, we've been here at Walker for seven years and we're on a sheep cattle place here, um, 50 k's south of Walker. And we came from Weebor, so we were on a sheep and cattle place and farming place at Weebor. Um, prior to that, Jim had been there all his life, and uh, so we now moved here. We had three grown-up boys, um, and what else can I tell you about them? No, oh, Richard lives at home, the middle one lives at home with his wife, and the eldest one's in Orange, and the youngest is in Dubbo. Yeah. And what makes up your farming operation? Are you predominantly sheep graziers? We're predominantly sheep. We're a bit. We have a bit of. We have wool sheep as well as crossbreeds. So a bit of both, um, but mainly mainly sheep and just a few cattle. Yeah. Yeah. As a side. Side. Yeah. And what was the uh, cause for moving from Weewar to Walker? I think because we. What's it? We were looking for a fattening block for lambs. Um, we were sort of in an area that was becoming predominantly farming and we weren't as interested in farming side of things. And so we moved to, we were ultimately looking for a block. So we were going to run both places and then we found where we are now and decided we were moving. So, so we could just run two all the trucks decided to come past. There was not one truck beforehand. <laughs> Before we continue with today's episode, I would like to give a shout out to Tupperware. Tupperware is the supportive link for this episode. It is a farmer's friend. Whether you are using it to cook in your kitchen, using it to organise your pantry, or using it to take food and meals down the paddock, Tupperware is a friend for you. Please check out the link below. It is an affiliate link. And now on to today's interview. So AJ, over the years, tell me a little bit how you started on farm and how your role has changed from there. Right, so I started on farm a long time ago, 32 years ago. I started, I was actually working still in town a couple of days a week um, on farm and I really didn't do a lot out of farm helping in that time. And then once we had the children, the boys, we, um, I was just helping as more a um, gopher. And yes. Uh, yes, so, you know, running to town to pick things up or, you know, dropping this piece, something here and something there and helping out in that way. Um, as the boys got older, though, they, you know, we were all helping with sheep and shearing and mustering and doing all that sort of thing, landmarking and all those sorts of things associated yeah. with um, the sheep. I didn't start doing the office work for a fair while. The boys were in high school, I think, before I started doing the office work. Um, but now I do all that and um, and I still am the go for all the run to come or help out in the yards when needed. Yeah. 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 So I've always just been that little, that extra person when needed. Yeah. But I have also had 
off um, work. I did work at preschool for 14 years, okay. just one day, one or two days a week, yeah. when the children were at school. Yeah. So when you were taking the kids down and helping with the sheep, uh, what type of setup did you take for them, or they just came with you? They just came. We did when they were really little. We used to set the portable cot up in the sheep yard. Yeah. Could I be safe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they used to play in that. And um, yes, or they were helping. Like because once they were able to, they were able to help. Um, or, or they thought they were helping. They thought they were helping. <laughs> you gave them an important role of thinking they were healthy. That's right. <laughs> that stops so, them from getting up to mischief at least. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but they were always sort of wanting to be there and, yes, helping out yeah, in wherever they could. Yeah. I've talked previously on my channel about the importance of a go bag when heading down the paddock, either for yourself or with the kids and you know, just taking those nappies or the wipes or the snacks and the drink bottle. Did you used to have anything like that or a stash in the car? Probably had a stash in the car. I, or, I never <laughs> went anywhere without a, a... I used to have a little box. Because we had three boys. I used to have a little box of matchbox cars in my handbag all the time. Boys don't need... No. <laughs> Give them a car and they were happy yeah. in the dirt. <laughs> When you first moved to the farm, AJ, was there any surprises or hurdles? Uh, probably, I don't know about surprises, but just the getting used to being so far from town. We were um, 60 k's from we were and 85 k's from Narrabri, so it was a long way. I grew up in Sydney, so it was a big change in that and just having to be that little bit more organised and yeah. having, because you can't just go to town. Yeah. at the drop of a hat so yeah. that was a big thing just getting that getting used to that side of things yeah so the organization side yeah. of that um was that more on timings or was it also tell me a little bit about the organization you're referring to i don't know that <laughs> just having to we just get very used i used to shop once a month yeah. so you just um you know, I was very roadily, you know, get very organised. And we also, the boys and I used to meal plan. So we had the menu up on the fridge and we did a month at a time. So you then went and bought the groceries. And also you realise that if you run out of one thing, you can always use something else. There's always something else. So, yeah, I think you just have to have a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Be a little bit creative. Be creative and, yes. But because you kill your own, we kill our own meat and always have their own lamb, um, that sort of makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So. What other items would you say were your pantry staples? When the boys were at home, milk and wheat bits yeah. were pantry <laughs> staples. <laughs> they were always there, um, I think, and pasta. Yeah. They were big pasta eaters, so they were probably the main things that you always made sure you had. Yeah. Mm. And they did love a bit of jack and cherries. <laughs> What did lunches consist of on the farm? Did Jim used to come back for lunch or did you used to take things down the paddock? It was a bit of both, yeah. bit of both, but oh, there's, there was always cold meat in the fridge so then you can either, you know, make a sandwich or make a salad or yeah. whatever, so it's always that sort of thing, something easy like yeah. that. To, to just um, and it was sometimes it was take it down, pack it up and take it down the paddock, and sometimes it was 
yeah. having that at home. Yeah. It just depends what work is happening at the time. Yeah. Mm. And that's the same with dinner, because during harvest and things like that, you were packing everything up and running it down the paddock. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, that sort of thing. It sounds like you were learning a lot of lessons along the way. What would you say would be your top lessons learnt on the farm? Um, just probably just being that little bit flexible. Don't be too set in your ways and just make the most of everything. Like everything that you do. Like, you know, I've always said to the boys, anything's only what you make of it. You can, you can have a terrible time or you can have a great time. Just, you know, embrace yeah. life. Yeah. and whatever's happening and we've learnt to do that and also got to learn to do have to spend time on your own as well because you can't be with other people all the time that's a big thing and um, so having things that keep you occupied I suppose um, and I have too many of those things because I'm a sewer and a knitter and, yeah. and I just have too many hobbies hobbies <laughs> Lots of good hobbies. <laughs> How did you go um, getting used to the load, like being on your own? Was there, apart from the hobbies, was there anything else that sort of made being on the farm and, and away from everyone else just that little bit easier? Um, no, I just think that's... Oh, I was happy with that. Have three boys. Have three boys and you don't <laughs> ever have time on your own. <laughs> but no, you, yes, yes when you have the boys, and the boys kept you busy because we we did playgroups and preschool and all that sort of thing and occasional care. So once you start doing those sorts of things, you get into a bit of a routine. and So you don't have time, yeah. I don't think, to feel like you're lonely. Being on the farm meant that you would have changed from uh, constant water supply in Sydney to being on tank water. Um, was it just tank or border as well on your place? We had both. We didn't when we first moved to Walker, um, but we have now more water as well. It's big, and that was a big wake up because you just had rainwater, so during the drought we had. I had a hose attached to the washing machine to give me the water, washing the clothes, which didn't really work. But that was the alternative. But you just... Um, we've been lucky. We have been lucky with, with that water because I've never... When we haven't had rainwater, we have had bore water. Yeah. And our bore water now is quite drinkable and quite... Yeah, it's really good. Mm, mm. <laughs> Travelling the long distances, particularly when you were at the WeWar blog, was there anything that was must-haves um, either in a car that you purchased or that you would then add to the car to make sure that it was good for the trips and set up for you and the boys? Uh, I don't know that we did. We were fairly strict parents in the fact that they were never allowed any devices in the car. We all listened to the radio or the CDs and... They all had choices of who could play what, but then we used to have, um, they used to have um, games, not not electronic games, but they had the thinking games, so like a rush hour game, I don't know whether you know those, they, and so they had quite a few of those that were always in the car, and music, but we never ever had um, 
CD, I mean videos, DVDs or any of that, or game boys or, yeah. and they weren't allowed to use their headphones in the car either. Yeah. So. We were allowed books or we were told to look out the window. Yeah, we had one who used to get really car sick so we didn't have books. But and we played games, we yeah. played, um, you know, the cricket or and I spy games and those sorts of car games, but um, they just had to put up with it. Yeah. <laughs> just catch it. <laughs> they didn't love it. They didn't love it. <laughs> hey Jay, on either the Wee War property or out here at Walker, during uh, the drastic season changes such as drought uh, and floods and fires, was there anything in particular that you learnt when those were happening? In the floods, we learnt we needed lots of um, aerodyne because yes. there were lots of mosquitoes. Yes. And we also, um, we didn't have a car for 16 weeks in one flood because we couldn't drive it home yep. through the water. So we, that was a big learning curve, having three small boys at home without being able to go anywhere for that period of time. But you just sort of, I don't know, you make do with yep. what you've got. So that was our thing for that time. But the boys were home. Oh, well, they weren't at school then, that flood. And then they were at school for another time where they, I mean, and they couldn't go to school for a little while. And that was back in the days when there was fax machines, so school faxed them. Schoolwork. Schoolwork. And one said, you can't tell me what to do, and they just went outside and didn't do it. So that was fine. <laughs> Drought times was totally different to, we don't want to think about those. No, we don't want to think about those. <laughs> I don't want, don't want to think about those. But they were certainly tough times. How was handling the dust in the house? That was terrible. Terrible. Did you have any tips or tricks on how to keep the dust out? No, but we used to try to close the house. But it was terrible. I mean, I just don't yeah. know how there was... There was always just dirt. Yeah. The yeah. worst was when you did, by mistake, leave a window window or door open and you'd be able to write your name on yep. surfaces and that sort of stuff. That was pretty terrible. Yep. But there was nothing you could do about it. There was just nothing. You just had to sort of, as much as you could, close things up. And yeah. yeah. I interviewed a beautiful farmer from Canamble a few weeks ago and, and she said that, you know, she tried to keep on top of it and then she ended up getting a leaf blower and she just leaf blow it. <laughs> oh, because of the... <laughs> Not sure how good that would. Anyway, it was terrible. <laughs> the worst part was when you, when you, you know, you, you went onto the surfaces you don't normally look at, like the yeah. tops of the fringes and stuff yeah. like that, that you obviously oh, you do all the time. But I don't. I'm not very good at dusting. <laughs> Suddenly afterwards, you realise, oh my god, it's really bad. Really bad. Really bad. Yeah. It was bad. But anyway, look, there was nothing you could do about it except just kind of deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> If you were talking to someone and they were moving to the farm for the first time, would there be any advice that you would give them? Uh, probably my age-old thing of just make the most of it. Make the most. Make the most of it, and um, and keep the communication lines going too. Talk. Don't. Don't. Um, you know. I think you all. We all, for our own sanity, need to make sure you still. You know, when you go to town, meet up with friends friends for lunch or coffee or whatever and yeah. do that. Don't think that you can't do that anymore or that sort of thing. Yeah. Once you have children as well, you need to make the effort to do that. Sometimes 
I used to wonder why I was going to playgroup and things like that. But then once you get there, it's fantastic and you realise how great it is. So you just have to make, uh, do all those things that you can and also be involved in life on the farm as well. You know, you can't necessarily wait for your husband to come home. You can pack up lunch and go up there and that sort of thing. Take, you know, get involved in doing that as well. Thank you, AJ, for joining us here on the podcast and YouTube channel today. That's a pleasure, Katja. <laughs> for previous <laughs> interviews, please click the link down in the description below and it will take you to some of the other interview playlists. If you are interested in Tupperware or any of the other affiliate links that the Rural Mum has, they are also down in the description below. Those links support us and continue to bring interviews such as this one to you at home and on the farm. So until next time, thank you very much. Mm -hmm.